Welcome to The Conversion Show, a podcast that's all about, you guessed it, conversions. Everything that gets you to your goal, whether that's purchase, lead capture, app install, content downloads, chat engagement, or demo requests, we're talking conversions. Hosted by Eric Christensen, CEO and co-founder of leading conversion optimization platform, Just Do Know. On The Conversion Show, Eric sits down with industry-leading marketers, e-commerce growth experts, founders, and entrepreneurs to chat all things conversion marketing. Be sure to follow The Conversion Show podcast to be notified when a new episode goes live. Like what you hear? Leave us some love with a review. And now, here's your host, Eric Christensen. Welcome to the show today. I'm very excited because I have two guests. And so this is going to be a jam-packed episode where we're going to gain some insights into Shopify like never before. We're going to learn what the the leadership, that what's top of mind with the Shopify leadership along with Just You Know leadership. Because today I have my, my co-founder, Travis Logan, CTO of Just You Know on the show, and Brian Peters, head of platform partnerships at Shopify. So Hang on, today is going to be a very insightful show, so we're going to jump into it. And the reason I have Brian on the show today, which, welcome, Brian. Welcome Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. I have Brian on here because I was down at the Shopify Enterprise uh, event down in LA, uh, right by where that I-10 fire was, what, two days ago? Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised because that, you know, knowing Shopify, they like to select very <laughs> colorful neighborhoods to have events. <laughs> <laughs> definitely was colorful really cool <laughs> spot the heart of downtown LA um Brian got on stage and gave a presentation and he had a slide that stood out to me and that's what we're talking about today the quotes from the slide were according to a survey of Shopify plus merchants 35 percent have seen smaller cart sizes and 50 percent are seeing less site traffic and lower conversion rates. Now, we also, the second reason we're here is Travis and I were at the Google Next event in San Francisco, wandering the expo, and we stumbled upon a Shopify booth at Google Next, their AI conference, which one was surprising, And two, the big letters across it were the number one converting checkout in the world. So today, we are going to talk about Shopify and conversions. And no no one better than Brian Peters to join us and no one better than Travis, who's working to build into Shopify's visitor API, server pixel event, event publishing, segment extensions, everything we're building into right now. So that's setting the stage of, of what you'll hear today. So Brian, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, Brian, I, Brian's been at Shopify for just about five years now. We've been working together for years. Um, watched Brian grow grow up in Shopify as well. Uh, congratulations on on running running ahead of partners uh, the, the partnerships and the ecosystem. That slide you shared. Let's start there. Where did that, that those data points come from? Um, you know, how did, how did you come to present that slide? It's kind of funny. Uh, that was probably the most asked about slide in many of the, the presentations that happened at the, uh, at the summit. And it was, I don't think I realized at the time when I, when I put the deck together that that was going to be such a, controversial slide. Uh, I almost was like, wow, should I have put that in there? Because it kind of freaked people out a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, The data came from a a survey that we ran with a lot of our Shopify Plus merchants. And there's a little bit of like juxtaposition here where if you look at Shopify's quarterly earnings call and just like D2C in general, like commerce continues to grow. Online commerce continues to grow. Shopify merchants are kicking ass, honestly, quarter over quarter. Uh, more people are becoming entrepreneurs than ever before. Our brands are growing. Larger brands are, are uh, joining Shopify. So on like one hand, you have like this incredible growth in the commerce space. On the other hand, you have this like kind of looming, like, wow, marketing 
marketing is hard. And, and I think like, even when I first joined Shopify, when I joined Shopify five years ago, I, I was hired to basically run the marketing technology vertical. And like what I always, which I loved because every single quarter we would run a merchant survey and the, and the number one challenge was like, okay, what is your biggest challenge about running a D to C store, online store every single time? And I'm pretty sure that data holds today is like marketing. Marketing is by far the hardest thing I do. I've actually talked to, we have some really great, or we did at one point, like entrepreneurs and residents where they had like a full-time Shopify job, but they were kind of running stores on the side. And I would talk to these people and they'd be like, you know, when I first started a brand, I was, uh, I thought the hardest thing would be like finding the products or like, you know, like packaging them or shipping them. But like, really what you are as an entrepreneur is like, you're a marketer. And then like you run this like clothing or jewelry or whatever business on the side, because if you can't get people to come to your website, then you're, ju you're just not going to survive. I think what we're seeing is like the top of the funnel stuff is, is uh, people are getting better and better at and like things like Facebook ads have made that like great, but it, it almost seems now. And the reason I showed that slide to kind of close the thought here is like, it, it's more like first party data and converting the sort of like competition's fierce, right? So like converting the most amount of people you possibly can on your website is like the absolute most important thing you can do when you're thinking about building your site. And so that's, that, that slide sort of reflects this like new paradigm of marketing that we're in, which is like a major focus on conversion, not just top of the funnel. The, um, that paradigm shift, you know, with costs across the board rising everywhere, it's harder to get that, get those visitors to the site. It's, it's really trying to figure out the word conversion, you know, Shopify's never used the word conversion before. And that's why I'm so happy to see Harley out there talking about how important conversion is, how checkout's so important. The it's it's never been used, but but people need to now because it's so expensive to get these visitors. Uh, Harley, when he was on stage speaking, um, uh, I forget his name, the guy from Nike. Uh, you know, they talked about you know with enterprise commerce, the focus there of the brand experience and understanding the consumer demands. Uh, and you talked about in order to do that, you have to have that first party data, zero party data on the customer. Thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, hearing Shopify's trying to understand Shopify's perspective of how do you influence conversion rates? And it's really coming down to this identity, to personalization, to segmenting your visitors so you can target them with the right message at the right time with the right customer. The, um, you know, I think it might be good to just pause right now and, and thank our sponsor better than uh, Audi components. Um. <laughs> uh, so, uh, employees that have a little side shop, <laughs> my side shop, uh, better than dot shop, where I sell these Audi digital gauges plays that I, I built for myself and gathered, you know, a, a following of people who wanted them. I was like, okay, I could build some more, I suppose. And it actually has been a fun, you know, side hobby gig of mine. So, so do you agree with the, the statement of conversion is more important than ever, but your, yours is a little interesting because you have such a loyal following to start. That's mine. Mine's a very, yeah, mine is not your typical D2C at all. Um, and by the way, I don't know if it was mentioned, but it's on Shopify, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I hope so. Say, yeah. And, and what I was going to say as well, like you were just speaking earlier, about marketing, of course, being the hardest thing. Of course, I totally agree. But uh, I think Shopify has just done such an amazing job at making every other part of it so dang easy that it has shined a light on how much how hard the marketing aspect of it is left to do. Because uh, I know, like you mentioned, you know, productizing, shipping, uh, and overall like site functions i don't have to think about you know my site going down or how am i going to add another product or how am i going to offer international you know ups or international dhl or whatever it's just it's all how to take credit cards paypal all that fun stuff it's just like a all out of the box experience with shopify and it's been it was amazing that's i knew that of course up front and hence why i chose it but um yeah as far as my experience on that site it's very different because i my my market my possible market is 
three to 4,000 people strong, I think, because you have to have this special component for your car for mine to work with. So literally it's just all my marketing is on Facebook. It's Facebook and word of mouth. People, people have my thing, they go to shows and they, it's their favorite upgrade they've done on their car. So they tell everybody about it, but I, I don't bother, you know, doing Google advertising or anything, or even Facebook advertising like that. Cause I just joined the Audi groups and I post it and everybody allows me to post it because everybody loves it. So it's, yeah. I have it really not front, but at the same time, my expansion capability is really, is really limited. Travis is being very modest here. It, his, what he's done. Well, I love it for two reasons. One, you know, it's so fantastic that Travis himself is a Shopify retailer. Our CTO is like when he has like, he's breaking things let on both sides to make both he understands Shopify so deep now and with our product that just is a perfect recipe for anyone I know like a lot of other like I remember you know like with Toby still runs his his shop you know everyone still runs their shops yeah uh, yeah I know I know Shopify encourages employees to do it but what, what he's not telling you is it's a classic DTC like DTC product where if you have a great product it potentially can sell itself mm -hmm. because it makes marketing so much easier when you have a product that people are willing to write to create their own YouTube videos and post it, or they're so excited about their product. They're doing a, a video and posting it to social. Travis is getting all this viral marketing, which you don't hear that word viral marketing anymore. Really? It's maybe it's just, it's Dude, just, it's really only, you know, the Kardashians post something like that's the viral yeah. marketing. Yeah. It's influencer yeah. marketing, but that's what, drives travis's business and he doesn't spend a dollar on marketing those are the ones we love where it's like incredible products and you just have to then make sure that brand experience carries through which travis is talking about the basic things that shopify simplified they follow through with it because you know we talk about retention if someone buys something from travis they, they got to have a great experience they got to it's got to be shipped to them on time you got to communicate shipping you know the whole shipping worlds now at the on the product page and part of the experience which i think is critical and makes marketers jobs easier if their second third touches are positive ones versus negative ones right for, with customers well that's what i think about a lot too because like not everybody's gonna like i feel like there's probably more brands out there that have a great product that people don't know about that the brands like i i feel like we get to see i mean what there's three million businesses on shopify like, how do you get to the Travis point, right? Which is like, I have a, like a super loyal following of 10, 20,000 people buying my products and talking about my products. I think the interesting thing is, is like, that's why conversion is so important because a lot of these entrepreneurs are starting out new and they may not have that like product market fit imme immediately or like Travis, it sounds like your product is like pretty niche, which actually like is the best, probably one of the best parts about it is like it's quality, it's niche and the experience is good. Like a lot of these you know, a lot of these people, right. A lot of these people like starting in a space that's pretty crowded, you know? And like, if you get 10 visitors, to, 10 visitors to your website in the first week, like, how do you, I mean, and that's like, and, and you're right, Travis, I think you made a good point, right? Like if, if all the, the toil, if you will, toil is a word we like to use now at Shopify is like, if all the toil of starting a business is gone and the only thing left to do is market and you have a million people like, wow. Shopify made starting a business super easy. Now everybody's competing over who's better at marketing, then it's tough, right? And then so like every single visitor matters. Whereas before, it's like the people who were winning, like were really good at Facebook ads or like, uh, yeah, they had custom built websites like no one else could do. But like now all of that, those tools are like in your hands. So then it does become like, it almost becomes like a marketing function. And then it becomes the experience function on top of that. Well, that's what marketing is. It's brand experience. Right. You have to have a positive experience when you're on the site. And then once you engage and purchase for that, for the, for the secondary purchase, or if they land on the site as a first time visitor, you're, you're building that trust. You're, you're providing the information that they need to make, take that next step. And that, or, that in addition to building trust too, which is what I think Justina does great, uh, is like, they may not be ready to buy, right? right? And so like trust could be a lot of different things, you know? And 
that's what I think that a lot of people are talking about, like zero party data now is like zero party data is, is like expands away from just people who have signed up to your email list. And I know that like, or, you know, early in the Justino days, like you like were the most powerful email converter on a website. Now it's expanding to like, now we're an identity tool. And I feel like, you, like Eric, you were saying this too, right? Like this term identity is like very, it's been around forever, but no one's really talked about it because it was always like kind of a negative connotation, right? Like, oh my gosh, data is going to be used to like creep on Instagram and then they're going to target me. I think what people are realizing is that they actually like, like personalized ads and they just didn't know it yet, you know, but they want to have agency over the brands that show that to them. And so I think people are willing to give up data to brands they trust. And then brands have like the power to use that uh, in responsible ways, I would say, or not. <laughs> you know, you're going to see that advertisements one way or another. It's whether or not the advertisements are at all meaningful to you. So I totally agree. People do, whether they admit it or not. I think generally speaking, people do like the personalized identified experience. Agreed. Well, and that's where retail shifted is that now the consumer is in charge of how they want to purchase, where they want to, how they want to. And when, and, and that's what retailers are trying to figure out is, okay, well, what each customer has different needs. We can't just hit them with a 10% off coupon lead capture anymore. We need to really engage yeah. them in a meaningful way. And, and there's so many creative, cool ways that, that you can engage with visitors now. Yeah, agreed. Also think that it's interesting. Uh, it, it's always been the case, but you know the bar just keeps on getting higher, set higher and higher, of course, with respect to how easy is the checkout experience gonna be, right? So you're on your phone, you're lying in bed, do what I do most nights around 11 o'clock. And I got the TV on the background, I'm still on my phone looking. I might be, I might spend five minutes window shopping for whatever. And then, and I see it and it's like, do I, do I just, I don't feel like getting my credit card, all that stuff or whatever. And yes, I know my phone, my iPhone like has my credit cards, but it like always has something wrong. Some, something yeah. wrong with my apps or just something it has my old credit card in it or whatever. And I, and I already like, I already know that's going to be the case. So breaking down those barriers, you know, with the likes of um, shop, uh, the shop pay uh, instance and trying to bubble that up early on so i because i don't i might not know i'm on a shopify site of course like me being travis you know cto just you know working with shopify every day i know you know cues that it's a shopify website i can i can recognize themes and things like that but the the typical um consumer doesn't so they don't know that that might be available as an easy win when they're ready to check out so seeing something like that come up earlier if not almost on the first page would be you know those types of indicators really help me continue on that checkout path in that time period. So you mentioned shop pay, you know, to keep us going down the, the path of understanding why Shopify is the number one converting checkout in the world. Um, and, you know, talking about smaller card sizes, lower conversions, Brian, is there uh, kind of the, when, when you had merchants respond to you about that slide, what were they talking about? Are they, and is, is there a response like, what can I do? You know, it's like, what should I do? What, you know, it's like, oh, well, are you using shop pay? Are you using, you know, buy now, pay later? How do those conversations go within your world? Yeah, it's a good question. I think uh, it definitely is a lot of like the, it's less of like, what can I do? Because I think everybody is generally aware of like the main tactic. It's funny, like there's there's not like a, a limitless amount of like marketing tactics. And so I think everyone's pretty generally aware of what they could do. I think it's, yeah, the, the conversations are like, what do you mean by like smaller card sizes? Like, what do you mean by conversion rate? Is shop pay? Like, what, what should I be thinking about? And it really, what the conversation always get, gets back to is like identity online. And like Travis, to your point, uh, it is, it's like shocking now if I'm on a, if I'm on a brand's website and I the, like the checkout experience is just like actually worse in just regular checkouts on the web. And I don't mean that I'm not like biased or anything, but you're right. If I'm sitting on my phone, like, I don't want to go grab my credit card. I just want to type in my email. I think what, what brands also forget too, is like, I mean, Shopify 
for sure. And think about the hundreds of thousands, millions of people, young, like high earners that are working for technology companies that like Shopify doesn't allow me to have like Google save passwords. We have to use like encrypted one password plus two, two FA, like all that stuff. So, and where do purchases, like I know there's like there's studies that show you might browse on your mobile and check out on your computer, which is by the way, really hard for attribution, but think about all the people that like can't buy things on their computer. Cause they're tech, like, cause their company does not allow them to buy. It's like shop solves a lot of those like weird situations, but yeah, like the merchants are, are often like what we're seeing is that checkout is, is probably the main reason why large, large brands are considering us now. And uh, and it's also really interesting to see this mental shift away from like, and one of the things I talked about in my summit, my summit presentation is like, there's this like old theory that if you build everything custom, it's going to be really high converting because it's going to be something that people are like really in love with experiencing, right? Like you can't, you have to build everything custom to get the experience that you truly want. And when you really drill into that there's really not a lot of customizations that are going to help you perform better. Like there's a lot of like the, like the stuff that you need, like buy online, pick up in store discounts, functions, whatever. But at the end of the day, people just want a super simple checkout process and they want to just do it quickly. So every second matters. And so we're the brands that we're seeing coming on over or like converting to shop or whatever it is, they're like, you know what? It's a lot to maintain this infrastructure and this checkout experience. And we're like willing to give this a shot. So they might start with a small brand coming over first. They might move like one of their, you know, might be a conglomerate they'll move one of their brands, test it out. And I think slowly but surely we are seeing that like, yeah, the customizations that we, the, the brand thought were super important to have all this stuff like are not honestly. Yeah. Uh, I'll start back and go ahead, Travis. There's a little bit of um, history behind though, that, that idea of needing those customizations because today what used to be a customization that people had to go down that route for is an out of a box experience with Shopify. So, you know, it's, it's, I think yesterday it was important to be able to have those basic things uh, or slightly less basic, but still important things. But now that, you know, you can get via Shopify and if you can't get it out of the box with Shopify, 99% chance you can get it with one or two apps that you've added Shopify apps that you've added on. So. Yeah. I, it's comparable to like, cleaning out your garage, you know, you have a lot of really cool stuff in there, I'm sure. But like, when's the last time you used it type type situation? You know, it's like, if you get rid of it, you, you're less cluttered, your, your site's probably faster. And like, yeah, and Eric and I were talking about this in Los Angeles, but like, I think a lot of, especially major SIs or developers or partners, whoever like, oh my gosh, like we need to hold on to this customization because that's how we like make a living. That's how we like help brands. That's how we do deliver value, but it's like the age old question of like, is AI going to replace every single job? Like, yeah, it'll replace the jobs that are around today, but that means there's going to be even more challenges to solve in the future. So that's what we really think about a Shopify is, and Travis, I think you said it perfectly is like the cut, the stuff that required customizations yesterday is now out, out of the box today, but guess what? There's a hundred other things that need to be done that are actually going to make these experiences and, and like conversion even better. So like, Focus on those. Right. Part of the communicating to your, your visitors is that brand experience of what isn't being done, I think, today is the saying to the visitor, we we get you and we understand you. And, and you're going to have this experience to get them to the checkout, you know, telling them you can do one one click checkout. You know, if they're from, let's say, another country, you can communicate, hey, we you can pay with your local currency, mm -hmm. you know. Those little things are are adding up now. How much you need to communicate just to get them to that checkout, and then once they're in the checkout, you have to follow through with the simplicity. Yeah. Are here's a question for you. When, when Charles and I were building Sierra Snowboard, we spent a lot of time looking at competitors in the space and anyone that was ahead of us, understand what what they were doing, and then then we'd also look elsewhere for inspiration, so to speak. I often say to my one phrase I, I really kind of held on to recently is don't make me go to Amazon. It's like when you're shopping with someone online, it's like, just don't make me go to Amazon. I want to support you. But so many times, like 
seven out of 10 times, I can't trust that retailer that they're going to yeah. ship. You know, is it going to take, when are they going to ship in? I don't even know that. So as you look at the checklist of, of, you know, Amazon being customer centric from day one, you know, they built their checkout, their experience so that it's so easy. Is shop, where is Shopify looking? You know, as Harley says, they want to be a hundred year business, continue to grow. Art, can I ask this? Like, is Shopify looking at Amazon and what they're doing right? And, and, and applying that to Shopify's checkout experience? Yeah. Answer uh, to Amazon right there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think like there's probably multiple ways to answer that question without getting me uh, in trouble. Um, well, we, we signed the deal with by the prime. So I think like, that's like kind of an indication that, and we've always thought this right. Um, is it's silly not to think that brands shouldn't be expanding on every single marketplace or channel they possibly can, if it makes sense for their business. And like the fact of the matter is, is that Amazon has some ridiculously high number of prime users, eyeballs, and like brand recognition that is never, I shouldn't say never, it's probably not going to go away. So to say like, I think when you ask Toby this question, I forget the exact word that he used, but he's like, you know, it's not competition. They're like our, uh, like inspiration in many ways, right? We look at them and we say like, damn, they've done a lot of things really good. And I think if you look at our, our entry into like, and Eric, you made a good point. A lot of the reason that Amazon does such a good job is like their fulfillment services. I mean, come on, like one day shipping, sometimes it's delivered freaking same day. And I know I can return it. I can go to whole foods and return it. I can throw it back in the same box. It's incredible. I think Shopify, like we thought about that, right? Like does Shopify need to be in the logistics business to make, to compete for those, for those, like for those merchants. And what I think we realized was like, no, actually we need to make building an online business and like allowing yourself to own the full merchant experience is what we do best. And Amazon does another thing really well. And, and so what we hope to do, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of probably like some leadership that I don't know if they share this exact view, but like, I think what we want to do is just reduce the share that Amazon takes, right? Like there's enough pie to go around. And so if a merchant relies, if it's a 70, 30 split right now for a merchant, Amazon to Shopify or Amazon to online, and we can make it 50, 50. And that means a 30% increase in like the amount of profit they can take home. Um, that's a great, that's a win. Well, you know, what are the, pitfalls of a retailer you know retailers they they do have their amazon channel but you know what are the pitfalls of doing that it's you don't get any data right and it's that visitor data that is critical to winning a customer's loyalty and trust 100 although let's get you your first sale you know and, and you have branded products you know that that can lead into a direct sale you know yep. next time so there are some winning opportunities there too, for sure. I think for me, like personally, there's two things that draw me to Amazon. One, the fulfillment side, as we already yeah. know, right? Yeah. Um, and specifically about that is I don't have to wait till I get to the checkout page to see when I'm going to get my order. I'm looking at a product and it says right there, if you order before 3 p.m., you will receive by X date. Yeah. That is critical and it and it it surprises me that not every single store has jumped on a solution like that yet. That's yeah. that's number three. And I think number two, and I do it, and I think tons of people do it too, is the reviews. You know, there's just so yeah. many for a product that Shopify. So even though I'm looking on the 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 brand's website, I might still go to the Amazon just to go look at the reviews. And then unfortunately from there, if it's a yeah, if I mean, it's yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get it. Amazon and there you go. So, yeah. so incredible. I am really now that we're, if we're just going to say it, let's just say it. I'm so surprised on how many D2C brands do not give you an indication on how long your product is going to take to ship. It's, it, and you know, what's amazing about it is that shipping companies, like I've told Travis this a million times when we started Justina and got out of retail, I said, I never want to see inventory again. I never yeah. want to deal with <laughs> anything to do with post-purchase and friends that started shipping companies. I'm like, you're crazy. Like 
It's just <laughs> logistical boringness. I'm so excited to see that shipping is sexy now. And and these these apps now have plugins that will tell you this stuff. Yeah. So on product pages, it's actually becoming more common. Uh, and now we're, you know, we're we're seeing the 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 PDPs, the product display pages being I that's probably where Shopify is gonna go next. Now that they're nailing Shopify, they're probably gonna say the highest converting product page because they figured out that is the, the most critical page. You get you have to communicate the core right elements of building right. trust. Yeah, a lot of times it's the page for sure, uh, as well as the exit page from there. Yeah. Um, and I has already done I've I've seen it. We we poked around. I actually reached out uh to Megan on your team about trying to implement something with with Justuno's help to get it in the face earlier uh with respect to what you guys are doing in your shop pay that says you right, will right the, it's called the guarantee or the commitment or something where you do show that shipment date or that delivery date. Shop promise, um, yeah. Promise, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I wanna using Justuno just get that right in the very beginning, the second they look at a product or even sooner than that, just to give them yeah. that commitment. Yeah. And I think a, a tangential, uh, I'm not sure the, the type of audience is mostly merchants listening to the podcast or whatever, but I think related to that is, is, uh, shipping cost, right? Is everything on Amazon free? I'm pretty sure. Like, I think all shipping on Amazon is free, Not everything, but it's, but that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, Shoppers are willing to pay something if it's like a guarantee. Like you, you'll right. you know, if, it's, if it's the right price item, you'll pay five to fifteen bucks to if you know you're gonna get it. Like yeah, that I, that is proven. You know, even if it's like it is true. I mean, look at Patagonia, right? Like we, even with Pat, I've noticed I've noticed this. Like if I buy a Patagonia shorts or whatever, it's like it's like the, the shorts are forty bucks and the shipping is ten dollars. I'm like, how does it? Does that happen? But in, yeah, in today's world, don't they know that I'm not going to buy that? <laughs> yeah, I, I literally was on a, a merchant's website. And this is not harassing on merchants too much, but like on a merchant's website the other day, it was a twenty nine dollars shirt with ten ninety nine shipping. So I do think there is. I, I think there, if you're in terms of like where do we look, I think there's two kind of things that we look at of like you know drawing inspiration from and what we're seeing like demand for merchants, if you will, or like maybe another way to phrase that is like why a merchant wouldn't come to Shopify. The, the first one is kind of what we already talked about, which is like this idea that they need to customize everything and that Shopify is not ready for, for them to do that. Our position is like, we can, we'll allow you to customize the stuff that we believe you should customize, but like, let us do everything else for you because we have like thousands of people that are thinking about this all the time. So just like, let us do that. That's a, that's a longer sort of like uphill battle, I think in terms of enterprise businesses. And yeah, then the other one is like, well, I'm not going to shift all my resources to Shopify because like, I have this good thing going with other, with like Amazon. Back to your checkout. Is that why, is that the reason Shopify kind of closed off their checkout? Yeah, just very bluntly. Yeah. Like the amount of stuff that we saw going on in checkout that merchants thought they wanted or needed that was just absolutely demolishing their, like their, their conversion rates was like, you wouldn't even believe it. And we've, we've been in this four year long migration of the most amount of possible scripts and functions you could possibly imagine in checkout. It's just, it's been a long journey and I know it's not, it hasn't been easy for partners or merchants, but it's really the reason why we're saying best world's best converting checkout now, because you don't have like this, this insane amount of customizations at checkout that, and you, you guys are, you guys are developers, you know, this, like a merchant will inject a script on their website to try it out and they'll forget about it and they'll never use it again. And then every time the page loads, they're now loading a hundred scripts like that, that can't be good. So we're like, okay, if you want to do that on your website, we get it don't recommend it. You should probably use like an app that is knows what they're doing, but we can't let you do that on checkout because if we're going to survive and you're going to survive as a brand, you have to convert at checkout and trust us. It's not going well <laughs> over there. Travis, what's, what's your feeling on that? Yeah. Well, I could look at it from a consumer standpoint or you're generalized from Shopify standpoint, and I could agree, or I could look at it from Justuno standpoint. <laughs> yeah, and right. Please. Hey, look, if you used, if you used uh, Shopify's checkout 
as it is out of the box, which is a, which is great experience. And you add in just the right amount of sugar on top. Just do know. Uh, done right, you absolutely can increase your conversions. But right. I, but I hear you, and and yeah, I mean that definitely happens. I know, I know how how many people uh, use our freemium plan on Just You Know, and or I should say, have a freemium plan and have the embed code installed on their site. Don't use it. Yeah. I mean, I right. there are thousands <laughs> have our embed code on their site and. They definitely don't know they have it on their site anymore. You know what's funny? What that brings up, Brian, is um, we have when a, a new opportunity comes our way and we're, we're talking with the client prospect, they say, what should we do? You know, or like, can you give me some ideas? And what we find happens is a lot of what our team is doing, and this goes for our current clients too, because they'll get a message from somebody saying, hey, oh, the Justin is crashing your site or something, which isn't happening, is they run through the experience with the client and go, are you aware what's going on on your site? Yeah. Like, yeah. Have you shopped your site recently? Like your chat windows being covered by your cookies window. I can't even close it. Or like, you know, Travis can speak, you know, Z indexes like Travis could probably talk for ad nauseum of everything he's found wrong with people's websites. That's not us. It's just, yeah. they, haven't, they haven't been maintained. Mm -hmm. I love that when, like you said, you got just things overlapping on top of these things. And then the other one I see commonly is why is it taking just, you know, 20 seconds to load. Yeah. And go look at the network analyzer of their website as I load the page. And the request to load even Justino's first script doesn't happen for 18 and a half seconds. Right, after. right. As I see literally a thousand other requests come through and I can look at the domains that they're being requested from. I can see like, oh, these 10 are coming from this plug, this Shopify app and these 10 are coming from this Shopify app and so forth. And yeah, it's like, okay, well, here's your problem. You, you, you're just yeah. going on. We're, so. Are we going to come up with a product for that? Uh yeah, what would know. that be, Brian? Like, I know? think, well, I think like uh, apps like um, like Taboola do that, don't they? They like they perfectly implement scripts at the time and place they should. I think there's apps out there that do that. Well, but more in like a an audit, you know, like a right. Here's the thing about conversion, Brian. People don't have time. They don't right. have the resources or knowledge or know how, and it's like we got into the site, we're done, we're good. Yeah, And that's what excites me about Shopify talking about conversion now, because now we finally are at that point in our industry where people are taking notice of the brand experience. Yeah. And be, now that we are, we're recognizing that 99.9% .9 of websites have opportunity to be optimized more. Yeah. I'm, I'm just curious. I, go ahead. Going back to that slide. Um, Obviously, oh, not, not the slide. Just kidding. There's some very successful brands uh, that are growing, but we also know there's more and more small businesses onboarding, yeah. right? Which add to the the overall revenue growth you see online. So I wonder if it's if that's part of the bigger reason. I mean, consumers are spending less because of inflation right now but at the same time there's still a lot of money floating around hence inflation Crazy. right yeah so so i wonder though like if it's just the the influx of small brands that are all taking their little piece that yeah. is actually is just lowering everybody's overall generally speaking other than cool. the really success yeah i've got to put an asterisk here travis for brian's sake it is shopify plus merchants well there's more and more of those though and i think but right, but to, to Travis's point though, small businesses could be taking business from the plus merchants, right? So the plus merchants are seeing this. I actually wonder what that that data would look like for for small brands as well. I actually think Travis, that's probably the reason that I that's probably the reason that we all get up in the morning. You know, yeah. I think uh, I think that just general question of like what does the future of commerce look like? If you look at uh, you know like social media platforms everything has just gone into like three companies even if you look at like the largest tech companies the last 30 years everything has just kind of slowly but surely been microsoft or google or meta or whatever it is 
you got to want, and then like in the past, you had the same thing play out in commerce. I think I'm literally making this up right now. So I'm not hundred percent sure, but like you had retailers like Macy's and Nordstrom's and Sears and whatever. And then slowly but surely you had this like decoupling of that to like D to C. And you have like, oh, I can now buy my favorite jean, shirt, pant, whatever that I used to find at Nordstrom's now at like all my favorite D to C spots. And like you all, now everybody has like this alignment. Like I love a hat, but I also love a different shirt. And I love all this stuff. I do, I do wonder, to be honest, to your point, Travis, if that, like how long this lasts and if it's around to stay, like, are we going to see, uh, that people continue to buy from a hundred different micro brands, which would be great because that means more entrepreneurs. Or are we going to see companies like Shein or Fashion Nova like continue to dominate? And like a lot of that is trying to answer like what people will be into and trends that happen. So that's probably pretty hard to do. But you do wonder, right? Like, is is it going to say that it follow the same path as like big tech companies where like it slowly but surely over time becomes like 50 to 100 D to C brands that control everything. I know there's more than that because not tech in commerce, but I don't know. I think that's a great question and something that we're like, we're investing in obviously more businesses, but you got to wonder what, how that's actually going to play out. I mean, I feel like, you know, since the work from home, so many more people now who have their nine to five uh, also have their little side gig, their little online e-commerce business side gig now, because they have a little, a little extra time on their hands mm -hmm. to I uh, so I think that and then of course you couple that with just how easy it is you know by the likes of Shopify and others how easy it is just to spin up that yeah. e-commerce for e not just how easy it is but also how cheap it is it's yeah. it's really cheap these days um, so I, all of that definitely influences it I will wonder you know I think who knows we'll see what the answer well that I question. think that increases the trust too right because I think before you would see these websites and be like they don't look that good like I'm not going to buy some random, like I bought uh, my, one of my neighbors started like this pickle shop and he sells pickles online. Like probably wouldn't buy that from just a random D to C site, but because it looks good and there's shop pay checkout. And like, I think you're more apt to like trust brands now too, right? You are, but you aren't. And on that note, I got hit with an Instagram, you know, those just the Instagram sales pitch ads are so good. Like they're yeah. so tailored to, so being they had the the head shaver. It's like this three wheeled one, and it was like, oh my, this is like perfect. Like, it looks like so easy. So I was like, I literally had it in checkout when I was I'd woken up in the morning. It was all ready to go on my phone. They had shop pay. They had needed a head shave. Um, and and then there was this one line <laughs> that said, uh, you will be uh, you know, every six weeks build twenty four ninety nine. I was like, whoa, like. This is a subscription business uh, and that they didn't speak about it at all, but you get new razor sets every like five weeks or something. They never communicated that. And then I think the second thing that is critical to these Instagram, these DTC brands is the trust of the reviews. They had 21,000 reviews and I was like, five stars, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, is this, this seems just all too good to be true. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm not buying I don't trust a review unless it's either a positive review with what looks like candid photos of the product. Yeah. Or it's a negative review. Any negative review, I'll immediately trust. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and positive reviews with photos. The only Has to be with photos. Agreed. You, yeah. You know, back to your question of like, what does the future look like? You know, talking about like the Fashion Novas, we've worked with so many brands that that rode that Facebook rise like 100 million in sales because they could get customers so cheap. That game's over. You can't be the all everything store and just buy your traffic. You can't do that anymore. The innovation, I love the innovation of, you know, DTC brands. It's like, there's always, we're always going to have that, I think. And it's a matter of their, their platform and channels to get that message out. And, you know, Shopify's building for that. The, the, what they have to look out for is in this, let's go back to this Amazon conversation of they invest all their, you know, their life savings into these products, get to market. And then they get in the Amazon app store market and 
they get ripped off. Yeah. You know, you see it time and time again. And, you know, where Amazon's even saying they're cutting back on their, their white label business. Yeah. Well, I, I consulted for a Amazon brand for a while. She did about, I think 750,000 on Amazon. And it was very, uh, I like, I'm pretty proud that I worked on it. It was like this tool where you would, you could hang your hair extensions and wash them and color them. And it was like actually a very, she had a patent on it. It was like legit. There was a Travis kind of like your product, a very, like a pretty decent sized market of people to actually use this. And then the moment how your hair was so thick. Yeah. I mean, these are extensions if you haven't noticed. Uh, and then she got ripped off on Amazon. And the tough part is like, to your point, uh, and this is not stereotyping, but it's just kind of a fact, like a lot of brands that sell on Amazon are in China and good luck, good luck filing a lawsuit or even getting in touch with Amazon. We actually did end up getting in touch with Amazon. They're like, well, they're not breaking your patent, are they? Cause you can see like the different designs, try to reach out to the brand. Yeah. It's, that is the game you play by going to Amazon, which is why there are a lot of brands that don't even sell on Amazon. Now, the problem is, is like if you're, uh, not the problem, it's it's okay to be on Amazon if you're Callaway, like I golf, you know, like there's only one, there's only one or Titleist, like there's only one brand that makes Pro V1s, it's Titleist. And like, so you're probably not losing, you're maybe losing a little business to like some of like these offshoots. But if you have that like legacy brand, Amazon is like probably great for business because people are going there for the name recognition anyways. You're probably gonna get a little bit. But yeah, if you're starting a new product and you're selling on Amazon, either Amazon's gonna Amazon basic you, which you'll lose some business to, or you're gonna get ripped off. And it's a long road. So you Let's mentioned big brands that somebody's looking for anyways. Then it my argument is why do you need to be on Amazon? Because right. if you need to buy yours and you're not on Amazon, they're going to go to your site because they already have that trust in your brand. goes back to fulfillment though, huh? So, it, well, here, here's, this is what shocks me every time. Not buying or is it good? Are we talking about the, the company just doesn't want to deal with the fulfillment side of right, that? Right, right, right. So answering your question again, where, where is the future? So, and what's happened? You know, we used to be retailers and we were brands. What are they great at? Cre developing a product and marketing it. And they left distribution, they left retailing to retailers. That's traditional retail. Retailers are retailers, it's a brutal business. Brands are doing their thing. And then we had the shift with the, the internet and going direct and everything. And then the DD, DTC rose. What's happening now is, and then um, the big, big brands got run over because they were too slow to move. Um, meaning like if you try to shop Hurley or Billabong Direct, like surf industry, they have no idea what they're doing. Their checkouts, yeah. they're using, they're using, you can tell they're on like some antiquated platform where their checkout is horrific. So what I, yeah. And, and they don't understand customer service when it comes to re the, the, the brand's going direct and understanding customer service. There's so many different factors, but point being is that you mentioned big brands. This is the biggest opportunity because their, their experiences are horrific online. They don't understand online retail still. Yeah. And you can just go by trying to shop their site and it's it's always a horrible experience. So that is why I feel like Shopify is enterprise or plus whatever they're going to call it, it um, is going to win because there's still so much shift that needs to happen yeah. on those yeah. big brands. Yeah. So maybe we finish with that. I think that like, I'm not even going to try to add to that wonderful ending there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I get, I, I send, I, um, uh, even stance socks. I, I, I nearly, I sent their CMO a message on, on LinkedIn. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. So I do, I do find, I do try to help if I'm checking out and I'm like, Hey, I legitimately just tried to buy a product on your site. And like, I tried to check out, like, I've had a lot of experiences where like, you know, like the other day I was trying to enter my phone, my, my, my credit card number, but they had a pop-up to your point that was like literally covering half of the credit card. And I kept trying to push submit and it was like, sorry, can't read credit card number. I'm like, and then I just gave up. And then I emailed their brand. I was like, I love your rugs. I think it was like an outdoor rug. I was like, I love your rugs. I tried to buy it and I couldn't. So like, just go to Shopify at this point. <laughs> you know? Still just uh like a couple of months ago because i was i forget what it was i was trying to check out same thing i, I had a problem 
And I emailed them kind of the same thing. And I was like, hey, like, please tell me it was like, you know, it was late at night. I wake up in the morning. And they're like, oh, sorry, you're having a problem. And I and I and I hit them back and I'm like, hey, so here's the deal. Actually, because they gave me a discount code um, for my problem, right? My 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 experience. And I emailed them back. I was over it. I truly was over. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. Uh, hurt them for the how, yeah at, at scale how often that happens right yeah. and yeah. and then I I I went ahead and let him know that um you know just you know might have helped uh save the experience uh, because it was a competitor who was bugging out kind of like you were saying the pop up was blocking me and stuff yeah so I let him I ended up closing that deal but it wasn't my intentions but it was nice right. to get right. It, I think as we finish up on time here, you know, the message is, is that just as the last five, 10 years, re online retail has been in its infancy and we really, you know, really, you know, it was less than 10% of, of retail um, numbers. I don't know where it is presently today. It's got to be high teens, if not 20% plus, you might know, Brian. Online to retail? Yeah. I think I saw the other day. 14 to 15 percent 16 maybe yeah yeah we still have so much to build. yeah yeah and when we talk about the the, the brand experience you we're at we're, we're like we're at day one still with yeah it. you know yeah. just us two alone three talking about all the negative experiences we've had shopping online yeah um so and the fact that shopify is talking about it the fact that the market's where it's at uh it excites us so you know, with that, I, uh, Brian, thanks, thanks for coming today and chatting with us. Appreciate uh, you having me. I'm glad I got yeah. this first uh, experience with Travis as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, Travis, yeah. can we make this a more common thing? Absolutely, I hope so. Yeah. And Brian, looking forward to uh, you guys recently um, released your segmentation um, support. Yes. yes, because you guys are really think definitely thinking the same way we are when it comes to conversion. Yeah. Literally, our new platform has a huge emphasis on creating dynamic segment support. So the fact that I can actually pull in the Shopify segments and also push my segment data to Shopify is yeah. really huge to just kind of make that seamless connection. So between yeah. those, the, the new profile uh, API, again, real real synergy there too. We, we've always dealt, or for a long time now, you know, we've put our profiles for so lots of fun synergy happening that um you know we're excited to be working with megan and the rest of your team i appreciate you saying that yeah uh marketing is obviously near and dear to my heart as i said earlier and the team that you're working with on the product side there is super talented and yeah to your point i think there's there's some really exciting stuff coming out excellent awesome. all right well uh i hope everyone enjoyed the show today uh I was going to say you could find Brian at shopify.com. Just, or just come, <laughs> come on over. If you All can right, find well, me, come over. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. Well, well, thanks and take care everyone. Yeah.